Contenders, ready! Gladiators, ready! Three, two, one! The Gladiators! Hello and welcome to the GladPod in association with Gladiators TV. I'm David Blackmore and here once more joining me on my gladiatorial journey is Jet and of course producer Paul and these weeks just absolutely fly by don't they I can't believe we're already so many episodes in already thanks to everyone who continues to like and share this podcast on social media another call out for those of you that uh, have passed on the podcast if it's been passed on to you and you couldn't believe that you didn't have it in your life before get in touch gladpod at gladiatorstv.com and share your stories your glad stories but diving into the mailbag for this week and I found this letter from Ben Darling. I love that surname, Darling. He'd love to hear from Scorpio and Saracen on the podcast. And I know that, that previously we, we mentioned about we well, trying to get both on, actually. But this is what caught my eye. So not only was Scorpio a firm favourite for him for a long time, in a strange twist, he ended up dating one of her best friends in 2013. So it got me thinking, have you ever dated someone with a connection to a gladiator? Because I think we asked previously anyone that maybe had would have dated a gladiator but yeah someone someone that you've dated that had a connection to a gladiator or do you have any stories make it really really like tangible any stories of knowing people who knew people who knew people who worked with a gladiator or, or knew a gladiator or once had a beer with a gladiator i want to hear some of those stories because i'm sure that there are some like classic urban myth stories about i don't know wolf eating a bat in a pub or something along those lines <laughs> along those lines but yeah get in touch i'm gladpod at gladiatorstv.com ben also says scorpio would be brilliant on the podcast because she has a background in drama and also has a story with jet about them auditioning for the same role as she wolf and i didn't know if he just wanted to touch ever so slightly on on this element to it and it, Paul, you know quite a bit about this, don't you? Yes, I. Uh, we touched upon She-Wolf in episode one of this second series with Dai. So yeah, the She-Wolf was amazing basically because it linked Jet and Scorpio together, which all of the Glad fans knew back in the day. And it was only actually when I was researching for the episodes that I came across she-Wolf on YouTube. I'd never actually seen the video footage of it before. I'd seen photos of Dai obviously dressed up as a wolf, but I'd never seen the actual transformation. To know that Scorpio was kind of so close to being the wolf was, uh, yeah, just fascinating back in the day. And he adds as well that there's the famous, infamous contender who greased her legs. So she was able to get away from Scorpio. I'm sure this is something we've mentioned on the pod before, isn't it, Paul? Oh, probably. It was such an iconic moment in Gladiators Nicola Borden in series one. She kind of bended the rules a little bit. There was no official rule at the time about greasing your legs on the wall and she kind of took advantage of that much to uh scorpio's very kind of big disappointment because she lost the episode uh, lost the uh, event john anderson was not happy either but obviously because it wasn't official in the rules at the time they couldn't really do too much about it and it was included ever since but um yeah it was it was a stroke of genius i think in some extent that she decided to do that but obviously not in the spirit of gladiators and i do remember back in the days just noticing how very angry 
Scorpio was, which was very gladiatorial, especially with her big curly hair, what she had at the time, and big bright red lipstick. Yeah, she was not a happy lady about greasing her legs. Because one thing that I've noticed that Di, you, you talk about quite a lot, actually, is how you had a plan for every event. But aside from, from greasing up the legs, uh, were there any other contender hacks that you can remember that, that either you kind of then used yourself or ones that you were like, well, they're just being plain cheeky, aren't they? I think for me, I'd just say to anybody, just be quick because <laughs> I'm quicker. <laughs> just be really quick. But you're right, though. I had um, I would think I was kind of a, a thinking athlete and I guess I still am. I, I kind of think things through before I do it, visualise it, look for the path, path of least resistance and, and how does that work on my body? How can I get the best for myself from that? So, so for instance, the wall, it, I think it was James, it was Hunter that started this to actually get the advantage to catch up with your contender. And so we're taking the time limits bigger and bigger from their head start on us. We did a, we worked out a jump start and on the left-hand side of the wall, I, I think I've got a really good jump start going, which meant I could be kind of up probably by about 15 foot within within four four or five seconds. So I think with the with the contenders, I just wanted to say, just be quick. I always feel sorry for the contenders because they get such limited exposure to the events. So a lot of them had to kind of mentally think their way through an event before they were actually exposed to competing on it against us, who'd had by then probably a lot more experience at the events than they had. So for the contenders, it was, yeah, be quick and have tenacity. And I think Eunice and all of our champions, all of them, anyone who entered that arena as a contender, would have had that in space because you, you wouldn't have been able to survive without it. Quick tenacity. Those are my two tips and no greasing of the legs. I think what I did though is I would actually pull people's clothes off to get them off hang tough or the wall. There was a bit of, not foul play, but you got you to grab onto something and keep it legal. <laughs> yeah, you know, you do, you do. And I love this last line from Ben. He, Saracen would be amazing on GuidePod as he was just so gorgeous and smiley. I love, I'd love to be described as someone as gorgeous and smiley. He must have many stories about balancing a career as a firefighter with being a gladiator. Dive for you, what was Saracen like as a, a gladiator and, and, and as a person? Just one of the coolest people I think you could ever want to meet. You know, he's kind of, there's only one Saracen, that slow kind of knowing nod pretty much sums him up. I think being a, a firefighter and he's not long retired, so, uh, so I believe, he'll have seen a lot of the world, you know, he's kind of seen a lot within his job and, and quite heartbreaking stuff as well. So I think when, you, when you're that kind of rounded and still survive it and, and you know, do good service like NHS and services, etc., and, and that becomes part of your vacation in life, it kind of sums up the person too. So what you saw is what you get. He was just so cool, very dry, very dry sense of humour and so kind and a gentleman which you don't get an awful lot of throughout the last few decades in my in my view so yeah that's what i remember from him oh that's nice and and paul what about you as a as a as a super fan what was saracen like for you as a as first of all watching him as a gladiator and then and then presumably meeting him a few times after yeah he was an awesome gladiator. I always remember probably one thing that stands out in my mind is watching the tryout videos where you could see the gladiators trying out to obviously win their role on the show. And he was climbing the rope and you were supposed to do it either 
up and down three times, I think it was, if you were using your legs, or just once if you didn't use your legs. And he went up and down three times without using his legs before the poor guy next to him had even managed to do it once using his legs. So I think the producers must have known that they'd got somebody special um, when they saw that and there was everybody was cheering around him and stuff. From meeting him, like Di said, really, he was just a really nice guy. But I would always liken him to be kind of the gentle giant of the gladiators. He was kind of so cool, calm, kind of just really solid gladiator really and obviously stayed with the show from the very start to the very end as well yeah great glad well i think we said it quite consistently throughout throughout series one and now in series two as well we would love to have saracen on the show we are trying to get saracen on the show and comments like this so do keep sending in why you'd like to have saracen on the show because we can we're gonna i reckon we should send them all to him so he could just see how much uh, he's loved and how much they'd want to hear from him and as i said before if there's a gladiator that you follow on social media that hasn't been on the glad pod yet um, or you happen to bump to into him into the street randomly tell him how much you'd love to hear their story on the show honestly it really helps us when um we, we're speaking to some of these parties and they're like yeah no um a i've already heard of the, the glad pod and b people keep telling me about it so i have to do it so that's always good and as always don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and remember you can get in touch with your own glad stories by emailing gladpod at gladiatorstv.com right let's get on with this week's episode three two one their friends and family know them as jenny and wayne i know them as jenny and wayne but to all gladiator revival fans and the whole of the rest of the world they'll know them as gladiators enigma and doom who join us now hello guys hello how are you we're all good here at the other end of glad world So it's a few years beyond when you've when you've been gladiatorial, but your lives are gladiatorial. So let's start. Where should we start, David and producer Paul? Should we go right back to the beginning? Well, I I think so definitely because I'm not so sure that we've had people that have started their gladiatorial journey by bobsleighing. <laughs> it's true. Everyone thinks we got together on gladiators, but we actually met in the mountains at the World Championships in Canada, like back in 2005. 2005, yeah. And yeah, and before that. Jenny, you represented GB in long jump and pentathlon as well, didn't you? Yeah, that's correct. You've been Googling. <laughs> what do you think it was about sort of bobsleigh and long jump and pentathlon that actually helped you become the gladiators that you you ended up being? I think as elite athletes, we trained six days a week, two to four hours a day. Um, We were speed, strength, power base. We had great strength to body weight ratio. And we had that mindset. And we realized actually when we retired that most athletes think they're better than they are. And you go into a room and you don't think about wanting to be friends with anyone or the process or the journey. You just literally want 
world, be the best, be the winner and take everyone else down. So all that training, I literally, I competed from the age of 10 and stood me in great stead to be uh, the badass that was Enigma. I love that. Be the best, be the strongest, all of the things that was gladiators. It was such a gladiatorial line there, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I realised when I retired, I spent the majority of my life uh, believing I was much better than I was as well. And I went to this aerial hoop class with a friend and I walked in. I was like, right, I want to be the best aerial hooper there ever was in like my first class. And then thought, you know, maybe I need to soften this down a little bit. Now I'm not (laughs) competing anymore for Great Britain or uh, (laughs) running around the arena as Enigma. So yeah, I've become a little softer, I think, in my 30s. That looked very hard. Yeah, it was tough, and I was challenged there at the end of the day. But you know what? It's not over until I get what I want. Okay. Bring did you drop something? Because you seemed to spend so much time on the floor, I thought you were looking for some of your bling. Do you say the same for yourself, Wayne? Because I know, like you, Jenny, it's been a, an amazing journey because I've, I've taught as well as performed and competed. And I find that I, I, I like to be a participant in classes and, and, and be fed the next move or the next combination or whatever. And it's quite humbling, isn't it, to suddenly go, right, I'm only competing with myself right now. I don't have to be the best in class. And it, you know what I mean? And then that, does that happen for you too, Wayne? Because as we get a little bit older, you have to enter, you have to bring that in a little bit, don't you, to become more human from being gladiatorial. It's, it's true, you do. Um, you do tend to hone it down a little bit. But the thing is, is I, I, have, to, I have to ask myself a question now, why? Because, you know, with everything leading up to gladiators, you know, I, I compete in many different sports, whether it's uh, some form of martial arts, boxing, whatever it was, track and field. You know, like Jenny, you always want to be the best. And then you take that mindset into the gladiator arena and you still want to be the best. You know, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. you you've only got one train of thought and one mission. So outside of gladiator arena, I have to sometimes ask myself why, you know, I, I go to yoga class. It becomes competitive. It's ridiculous. The poor um, old lady to your right mat is like, the gladiator team is competing with me and my downward dog. So I, it's literally everything I, I get. And I, I, I really have to stop myself and ask myself why, why do I need to compete against these people? Because there is no outcome other than, I'm just going to look maybe silly in trying to, you know, do some kind of, you know, bind move, uh, you know. So Wayne's talking about eagle arm in yoga because his pecs are so big, he can't cross his palms and he ends up doing this weird origami arm situation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the one yet he has very flexible hamstrings but cannot do an eagle arm i think as you know you know gladiators you know we we are by nature's competitors you know and we we are we are driven which is what makes that sets us apart from everyone else you know being athletes you have this mentality where you just want to be the best and it does, regardless of what age you just want to be the best you know it's like a fire you can't put out yeah yeah, I'm disappointed. Two points is better than nothing, but all credit to Doom Gloom. He, he got me. He did. The Doom and the Gloom got you. And Doom! This is my day. Doom's day.
There's so much to go into here, but I don't know about you guys, but I'd love to know, let's go back to the beginning about how GLADS approached you for the revival. What happened? What was going on there at the very beginning before you actually entered the arena? Well, there are two sides of the story <laughs> stories today. So um, I'll let Jenny tell hers her version because then I'll correct it on the way. <laughs> I went to Loughborough University to do my sports science degree and my housemate ended up being an accountant at Sky One and she called me and she was like Pace, everyone called me Pacey at uni uh, they're bringing gladiators back, you and Wayne would be incredible. This is the producer's details. Email all your like pictures and um, CV and videos. So we did that and we got an email back rejecting us both. And then a few days later, we got a phone call on the landline, which is really unusual. And they were asking for Wayne, like no one calls you landline. And they're like, oh, is Wayne there? I'm like, who is it? And they're like, oh, it's the producers at Sky One. We're looking for him to audition to be a gladiator. And I basically, in my stubborn self, was like, you can't have him without me. And we were more than happy he comes to the audition but we both have to audition so the, this poor producer agreed um, and we ended up going to a contender audition but as gladiators or as potential gladiators and there was I think 10 different physical events from like medicine uh, sprints throws. to medicine ball throws to triple jumps um, all sorts of speed agility quickness strength tests and I ended up being the highest scorer of any man or woman on the day and immediately being then put through to the next round of the gladiator trials but but poor Wayne had a but, slightly different so experience in amongst all of this I mean as soon as you go let's start exercising I sweat like a monster probably after the first event I just started sweating so we all had this stick on number that we had to place on our chest or, or some part of our body but mine fell off and there was a, another black guy that was in my group that was part and he had the same problem so his number came off my number came off so as we moved around the different events I knew for a fact they, they had criteria and I smashed those criteria whether it be the jumps or the throws but at the end of it when you got your feedback some of them I had either 10 or I had a, a 1 so what was happening is that as I was moving around they, they got myself and the other black guy because we we're both bald headed whatever and they just got us mixed up so where he failed he got my points <laughs> <laughs> so so this happened but at the end uh john anderson was there and i just said to him you know there must have been some confusion because you've had me down as a, a one or a zero but i actually time. broke the broke the the record for that particular event or i had the the time required for that event john all he had to say to me was well if you knew that at the time you should have contested it i'm like I'm too far in the zone to step out to see what was going on and too what mistake. Too busy being the best. Too busy being the best and <laughs> just this, you know, trying to annihilate people along the way. So from there, I had my next audition, which involved wrestling, some more fitness testing, and then they like personality profiled us on camera and got us to be gladiator characters. I then got the call to say I'd got the job and went to see the producers about the contracts and uh, it was then I was like have you got all the male gladiators and they said no we're looking for a really big black guy and a big white guy and I was like oh funny you should say that my partner had this terrible mix up in the uh, auditions and uh, the producer went back looked through all the tapes saw 
how amazing Wayne was in his uh, audition and fitness test. And then they called him back in um, and then he ended up being a reserve for the first series. Gosh, that must have been incredibly stressful. You've given it your all. Then there's this horrible, that is such a great story, by the way. It wasn't at the time, obviously. But then there's Jenny kind of getting the calls, getting lined up for the contract with everything, the imaging starting to happen. And then, and yeah, that must have been just in that tiny period of time. That must have been so difficult for you Wayne until you step back in and said well wait a minute look back at the footage because there was a big you know you had to almost back that up otherwise that could have slipped under the net and you wouldn't have been doomed. No, I totally agree totally agree and it was you know because by our very nature we're very competitive and we're com- super competitive with each other as well so when that happened <laughs> when you have your partner going I made it and I got the <laughs> <laughs> and someone, the someone's doing like MC Hammer around the room. We we had the most awkward train journey back home after the. Um... <laughs> yeah, Wayne really sweaty and really angry, and we did and not, really happy. We did not talk to each other for an hour and a half on the way home. Longest we've never talked. And to um, yeah, and then as soon as they walk through the door, it's having to listen to the conversation on the way home like call in I think her dad kind of knew although you weren't supposed to say anything but she rang her dad to say thumbs up which meant she got it you know and having to listen to this and and then endure her smugness <laughs> no, but, but tell <laughs> but them was... about like how it really worked out because your costume for uh, your yeah <laughs> so so Wayne was reserved for the first series which was a good thing. which was a good thing because I mean I, we, we won't talk about names just yet so the name didn't actually fit me as the person the do you want to talk about the name just yeah because it's stealth wasn't it originally it, yes it was so it was stealth and basically, I just had a pair of hot pants, and they didn't know what to do with and me. A couple of straps. So it was—it it wasn't even a couple of straps. Well, it was just one strap that came across nipple guard from one waist to the other, and that was it. So the name I didn't really enjoy. I didn't enjoy the costume. There wasn't a lot of imagination that that went into the design and the character. So, albeit yes, I was quite agile and quick. My favorite event, even in the training that we did, one of my favorite events was um, Earthquake. So it's the wrestling and the Powerball, you know, as well as the Gauntlet. They, they were my my ones, but the name didn't really fit and the costume didn't really fit. So, you know, when we we're on standby, it was like, right, okay, I, please don't use them. Please don't. I don't want to step out into the arena with this costume. And once you step into the arena and that you're known as Stealth, then that name will forevermore be yours as well as the costume. So I'm um, in a way, I'm kind of going. Glad that didn't happen. Contenders! Norris go head to head with Tornado. David's facing Powerball first time at Doom. The big O will be roaming free. One question that I wanted to ask was, obviously, did you have any photos taken as stealth? Are there any photos of you in your costume? Or did you kind of not get that far where they obviously didn't take photos of the reserve kind of standby gladiators? Uh, There were 
photos, but it was it never got circulated. Um, they weren't official press they weren't, shots. No, they weren't. They weren't official. With so. a bonfire behind you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and Jenny, obviously, with the tryout, one of your best friends who became Ice, Caroline uh, Pierce. Did you actually compete against each other in the tryout, or was that totally separate? So the first tryouts, we were with potential contenders. So I didn't meet any other gladiators on the first trial, and then the second one. Caroline and I were actually put into two separate groups and um, so I never ended up co- competing against her which is kind of ironic because we spent most of our lives competing against each other but then <laughs> so I remember being put against this bodybuilder for the wrestling and neither of us would give up and uh, I remember John Aniston like blowing the whistle and saying no we'll stop the fight there uh, <laughs> they were just like two headlocked rams and uh, this end in death so uh, no I didn't compete against Kaz a little bit more on Caroline I, I remember meeting her at a fitness convention and just being blown away by this stunning icy blonde lady uh, who I was introduced to as Caroline by a fellow kind of a fitness journalist friend of ours and she was mentioning gladiators at the time and I thought she would be absolutely amazing so then I met you and I thought you looked like Diana Ring and I thought these two glamorous amazing girls to come back and be our gladiators for our revival it felt it felt amazing actually because I think I first met you in the corridor backstage during the filming of one of them because I think Hunter James and I were doing the little videos backstage you remember that? Yeah the fact I was like oh my god it's Jen Hunter <laughs> I'm gonna be my pal <laughs> like I spent my childhood wanting to be you and wanting to marry Hunter so to meet you both at the same time in the arena was like the most ridiculous afternoon ever and she's off Leanne hurtles her way into what must surely be the most intimidating event of all on Gladiators and it was really making life difficult for her here pushing and pushing her back but all those hours in the gym have given Leanne some real stamina everything here but enigma is fighting back that's the first question for me when it comes to this revival episode is the fact that a lot of the gladiators that we speak to they didn't know what was to come and even the ones that were sort of joined in a bit later on they kind of knew they'd kind of seen it or they hadn't seen it that much but you must have spent so many years watching gladiators during the 90s and suddenly now you know kind of what perhaps the expectation would have been in terms of your personality your character what the events would have been like so it kind of almost gave you a bit of a, a, a little bit of an inkling I know that revival series you know there were differences but at least sort of going up and getting ready for it you, you kind of already knew what it was like to be a gladiator yeah and as a sporty kid I used to come back from a swimming gala or an athletics match on a Saturday and we'd all have a family dinner and then sit down and watch gladiators and then you'd pull out the pillows and have a duel fight with your brother and sister or I like would play the games in the playground so I grew up with it absolutely aspiring to be a gladiator like if you asked me as a kid what I wanted to be it was I want to be an Olympian I want to be a gladiator and an actress and a model and a millionaire so (laughs) it was in like (laughs) my uh, mix of ambitions from probably like 10 years old and I can't think of any other 
aspirational humans that I watched on telly, you know, apart from athletes and Olympians, where I was like, oh my God, I want to be these guys. They're amazing. They're everything I believe in and aspire to. I want to look like, I want to think like, I want to perform like. So to then become a gladiator was an absolute childhood dream come true. Briefly on that, because I know when you've been doing a lot of acting for many years now on both, I don't know if you've done theatre, but particularly small screen and big screen. But Jenny, to add to your list that you've just reeled right off, Wonder Woman. You've actually been in both Wonder Woman films, the one we're still, the, the 1984 as well. That's a great extra accolade to add. Was it good? It was very different to Gladiators. The first film, we trained for eight months at Warner Brothers and it was a mixture of stunt training and physical training. So they really wanted to bulk us up, but also teach us how to fight with swords and shields ready for the movie. So it was a really big process. And then the second film was absolutely incredible because they brought me back as the lead trainer for all the Amazons and they made me an Amazon. And then I also trained Kristen Wiig as the lead villain. So the second film was just like the the most incredible, amazing nine months of my life because I got thrown into the middle of this hundred million pounds blockbuster movie where I became one of the lead trainers. And I'm one of the first female lead trainer in um, Hollywood history. And then Patty Jenkins, who's the director, also was like, Jenny, would you like to be an Amazon again in this one? I was like, yes, Patty, that would be <laughs> the cherry on the cake. Good luck, Jenny. You're the first contender to take to the rings and you are facing Enigma. Not one to shy away from conflict, fit and feisty Enigma will be on the attack tonight. I followed you on on social media now for a while. I think you're so different to to the Enigma character on Gladiators. So the ponytail, with sort of the the, the moody power, the, the woman of few words. This is not you. I mean, I do pout a lot, and I am <laughs> prone to wear a ponytail, <laughs> particularly when I'm working out. But no, it, it's like my alter ego character. However, when I competed, I would be very aggressive and single minded minded and narrow visioned and probably not be very chatty or funny or laugh so much. So I think it linked well with the kind of person I am when I do compete. But would you have preferred more cheers than booze? No, no, I wouldn't. I was happy to get booze. I... I wanted to stand out and create a connection as the character. And I felt like I really did that as Enigma. And I don't think you can have the light without the dark. Uh, and I wanted to be either at one end of the spectrum or the other. So I was happy to get the booze and really carve out this very strong unique character that people understood uh, immediately. Enigma came out more in the second season, I would say as well. Yeah, I think I was more comfortable being like the bad one by the second season. And we ended up getting more acting training during the second season too. And we started to really own our characters. And instead of being worrying like, oh, people don't like me. I was like, actually, it's great that people maybe don't like me because that's very much part of the character that I've created. She's clearly not happy with Enigma and makes her feelings known, and the crowd doesn't seem happy either. Okay. Good game, good game. One point for Wendy, two points for Catherine. Congratulations to you both of you girls. But John, our referee, has got a couple of issues with some things that he wants to explain to us. So come in, John, and tell us what's happening. What happened, my friend? I noticed that uh, Enigma 
committed two offences against the blue contender. So as per the rules, one point for each offence extra to blue. So wow. that, that makes blue four, red one. Thank you very much, John. So, Enigma, what are you going to say for yourself? Ian, my engines were fired up. I was feeling pretty ballsy today. I only put her in a little spin now and again to give myself a slight advantage. That reminds me a little bit about when we started the original series. Mike Van Wick, who played Wolf in the original series, he was sat in the middle of the arena before they'd rigged anything up. And we literally walked in with our, you know, our training bags on, training gear going, what the, what are we really facing here? And he was sat on the floor with his legs out and um, I virtually tripped over them because he was sort of sat in the semi-dark eating a, a bowl full of rice and chicken. He said, I don't want to be the baddie. I want to be loved. I want to be known as the lover. I want to be loved by everybody. And to wind forwards in time and then listen to you say that about being a female baddie, that is a, I think that's tougher in some ways because, again, it's that risk of taking on a character and not being liked as a woman and being a good female baddie. And you did it. We didn't get it in our first series. And there you were. Our times were wrong. <laughs> and I, I didn't actually necessarily plan it that much in the first series. It just mm-hmm. evolved that way. And then I remember Wolf coming in and going to him and being like, Wolf, how do yeah, I really? be a better baddie? Yeah. Both of us, we mm-hmm. sat with him for hours. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Like, how do we connect with the audience and make it fun, but really encompass our characters? I think that was, that was a good thing as well, because Wolf... Everyone knows Wolf. I, I don't think, you know, even on the, probably on his, his you know, grave would be the wolf. Um, <laughs> you know, but he was, he was a, a huge inspiration for us during the season because you had a wealth of knowledge and, you know, he would, and, and certainly for us, because, you know, for me, my character, I, I didn't want my character to be light necessarily. You succeeded then. I succeeded there <laughs> because, it, you know, for my character, it was live into the doom. And this is the difference between stealth and doom in that stealth was, it, for me, stealth was too nice. Whereas it, that's not for me, that, that wasn't really me because every every time I competed in something, there's a different person that, that came to the fore. It was like, okay, we'll stick Wayne in a box and stick him behind and we bring this nasty person to the front, uh, competitive person. And sitting with Wolf and having this conversation with him, you know, and Wolf is like, okay, well, you know, if this happened, then do this. And, you know, if there's a moment where you can just tug a leg, you know, do it. And if, you know, you get an opportunity to, to like really get the crowd to boo you, then do it. And, uh, and one of those notably was, uh, there was a contestant called Justin Speedigong. That was his name. And he was a superb athlete. And, you know, we had a really good battle throughout the, the season. And there was the suspension bridge, which they brought in for the first time. And, you know, I remember John Anderson, he gave us this rule that, you know, if you, cause he would watch all our tactics and it, then he'll come up and say, well, you're not allowed to put your knee on the bridge. If you do, it'll be automatic uh, disqualification. So, you know, so you, you have all these rules that's going through your head while you compete and you're trying to adhere to it. But Wolf will say, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, bend it slightly. So I remember in the, uh, you know, in the competition, we on the suspension bridge, we ran towards each other. And then there was a little trick that I would do without kind of, it was doing like a, a, um, an Achilles, Troy from Achilles type move 
move where you do a long lunge and then knock the, contest, uh, the, the contender off. And it almost worked. But then this Justin dropped to his knee and then countered what I was going to do. So knocked me off. And I was irate. And I remember being interviewed afterwards and he was like, doom, you lost. And I was just angry. And um, to, the, to the corner of my eye, Justin was laughing at me. So the only reaction <laughs> was to just throw him in the water. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I had the plan set from the start. He wasn't going to start me in this one. Nice try, mate. Nice try. Doom! What happened? Doom, first of all, doesn't need to explain himself. And right now, I'm feeling really evil. Caroline Flack, bless her, didn't know what to say, so I just walked away and the whole stadium, the arena just booed, boo, and off it went. And I got back and Wolf was and looked at me and went, that was really good, loved it. You know, do it again. I'm like, okay. But then John Anderson came afterwards and he said, you know, that was out of order you shouldn't have done that you know why did you do it and I'm like John it's like I don't really want to talk about it right now because I was up against Justin again in the Powerball and he said you're going to receive a red card I was like okay fine and I think I might have been I don't know I might have been the first gladiator to be sent off even before a competition started because we did the lineup and then John Anderson went and um, because of the misdemeanor in the, the previous event Doom you'll receive a red card <laughs> Just sent me off, so the whole arena just booed again. And Wolf was like, what the hell? And he went mad, and I was going mad. And we didn't, I didn't talk for the entire evening because I was just so angry. And John was like, I'm really sorry I had to do that because it just made for entertainment and it just lent to your character because, you know, everyone just wants to boo you. And it's, uh, which was quite good because at one point someone went boo and they went, no, boo. <laughs> so they kind of changed the whole concept and went with the character. So it was quite a funny experience, but thanks to Wolf. That was one of the memorable moments that Producer Paul actually picked out as well wasn't it Paul? It was yeah getting sent off before the game actually started I think that is definitely a gladiator first I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Actually talking about your characters I think one of the things that the fans have always felt is on the Sky version the, the characters that the gladiators had were quite different to the original series um, and it's been really interesting hearing you both kind of talk about how you developed those characters yourselves and they kind of weren't given to you as such you kind of what that's where you wanted your kind of gladiator characters to go to. I heard from Siren, Amy Guy, that the gladiators were actually given a number between one to eight about how kind of evil or bad they should be. Kind of like one being the nice smiley gladiator through to kind of eight being the kind of really moody grumpy one. I just wondered what numbers did you guys obviously have and kind of how did that kind of chat go with the producers? Well, they lined us up in like a spectrum of happy smiley to evil um, during one of our acting classes and Amy Guy was number one smiling and tigging with her teeth and wiggling her little hips and uh, I was number eight uh, on the dark side of the uh, line and Wayne I was an eight you were an eight too and Wayne's lucky number's eight so maybe that so I didn't know we had none of this in the first series at all I think we were just sort of given a name and then sort of but I think there was a a line in the script which which was and cut to to Jet uh, or we could do the introductions Jet much 
posturing. And that was about as much direction as we got. And of course, being an ex-gymnast, I was a flip-flap, anything to keep moving because I didn't want people to see my bum. That aside, I'm really curious because you you came from a background of training. So our characters are there. We formed our characters. You go in the arena, you've got some idea of the events. Because obviously, like us, you can't actually train on the events until they're rigged. You trained all your life, uh, lives as athletes. How did you then really have to adapt your training and attitude to training f- to become a gladiator? Did it have to change dramatically or was it just an extension of? Because I know you know your sports science, but both of you. So what was that transition like for that period of time? So before we went into filming, we had, I think it was four weeks of training in a warehouse with like small versions of most of the events. Um, for that was for the first series. Yeah. The most difficult part of that training was to get the skin hard on your hands. And hang tough. For hang tough. Like I remember... Atlas ripping his hands and me making a joke that if you peed on them, it would harden the skin. And then Wayne went to the bathroom and found him (laughs) (laughs) peeing on his hands. We were like, it was a joke. Cricketers do it. Athletes do it. It'll work. (laughs) So so it's kind of adapting your skin. And then a lot of the events were grip based. So like the wall and hang tough, even jewel when you were gripping the pewter stick. So a lot of us ended up with slight bicep tendonitis. So it was a real toss up between how much training you could do and then be okay to practice the events. So when we were working in the warehouse and working on the pyramid and hang turf and um, tackling for all the different events, we actually trained a lot less in terms of weight training because you couldn't end up gripping the barbells, the dumbbells. And it was that offset of trying not to lose too much size, especially for the guys and be able to practice the events ready to film what was also really nice with the the training prior to the the actual competitions that everyone the gladiators had some form of skill which they could contribute towards different events so uh you know you had like wrestlers background um i had a wrestling background probably the two that i couldn't beat in fact no there's only one guy that i couldn't beat within the wrestling that was um warrior warrior dan but everyone had a skill set that they could bring and they could guide each other towards to make them a better gladiator in in, in particular events, Um, you know, from Powerball to the climbing, hang tough. And and some people took to hang hang tough very, very well, like Cyclone, she was very, very good. But Um, she had a gymnastics background, whereas Oblivion, obviously, he had the wrestling background and he brought that huge drama to our wrestling practice and made us like bigger and more confident in that way. Wayne, we've we've spoken about your memorable moment that we picked out. Jenny, do you know what yours is? Would it be like tickling Bianca Gascoigne on the hang tough? Enigma stalks her. She's got hold of the ring and pounced. Gives her a little tickle under the arm, would you believe? Bianca didn't see the funny side, though. Did she tickle you there? She did. She did tickle me, but I'm not very ticklish under my arm, so that one didn't really work. If she got my stomach, then I would have dropped straight away. <laughs> okay, so what about Bianca? Was she a good catch? You know what, Ian? I thought being a Gascoigne, she would be like a premiership game up there. Instead, it was like a Sunday league match. Oh, no, Enigma. She's so horrible deep down sometimes. It doesn't matter. Come in, let me give you a hug. The one that we had down was the um, Series 1 injury in Gauntlet. 
quarterfinal two with possibly one of the rudest contenders ever in Leanne Lennox. Oh, she was she was an angry lady, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Well, because she went on that of that injury, she went before the whistle, didn't she? She went before the whistle, and um, I ended up pulling a little bit of bone off uh, with the ligament. It was it's quite horrendous. Before the whistle, that's a false start, and Jones trying to get it to stop. Can she hear it? How will the referee sort this one out? And Leanne has reacted really badly, kicking the pads into Enigma's face. That's really bad sportsmanship, disgraceful behaviour. She's angry. She won't like John Anderson when he's angry. Enigma's furious. Oi, you and you, come here. I don't know where you think you're coming from, but I can tell you where you're going. If you behave like that again, you go straight out and you're finished. You understand? You suppose so. Tell me properly or you're going. Do you understand? Then go. Well, that's it for Leanne. John's disqualified her from Gauntlet because she would not apologise for her behaviour after she false started. A lesson for any future contenders on this show. Never mess with John Anderson. And we just saw the medic come in to see Enigma. It looks like she's been injured. This gauntlet is tough. It was towards the latter end of the series. And I always remember that night because I got carted off to hospital, called Wayne. He came with um, an inferential machine. Yeah, so basically I got this tearful cry, oh, my ankle and blah, blah. And I, I was, I think I had I had a meeting somewhere and I rushed because the way it sounded, it was like really bad. So I rushed to the hospital, got there and there was Enigma in her costume <laughs> in the waiting room <laughs> with her leg up. I don't know. Right well, no eyes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, so I ended up treating her. Uh, I went back to the because I wasn't being used at the time, so I went back to the hotel room with her. We should explain Wayne's a sports injury specialist, so he was the the guy to call for me. And basically, right throughout, and this is the caring partner. So right throughout the night, while she's asleep, I would put tubic grip on her her ankle. I'd ice it and then I'd ultrasound it. And I did that every hour throughout the night <laughs> while someone is snoring. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but you yeah, recovered. I, I recovered so quickly very, very within three quickly, to yeah. four weeks, which normally it takes three to six months. Yeah, I was going to say, you could hardly sta- you could hardly stand like afterwards, could you? And I mean, you, you whis- didn't you try and whisper to John Anderson as well? That you, you that you needed to get off, and that he didn't quite hear, and he just kind of turned to Leanne and kind of said he, she needed a better attitude, and she was a bit like, oh, I suppose so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought I'd broken it, and I was saying to him, you need to get me off, you need to get me medical assistance. But the arena was so loud, and um, I think John, poor John's a little deaf, it was lost <laughs> in translation, and mm-hmm. um, so we carried on filming like the end of the the scene, and then eventually I got taken off. When it, and that was it for the rest of the series for you as well. No, I did. End up coming back and doing hang tough with the ankle strapped. Ah, uh, so you didn't, yeah, didn't need to worry about the ankle so much. Just the hanging. Exactly. Yeah. And I also ended up doing hit and run because it was minimal weight on the ankle. I think we only had two or three two, yeah. episodes left and I still filmed a few of them after Wayne's wonderful medical care and healing me. Well, I mean, that is caring, caring to take me to the next level. We've mentioned John Anderson a few times. How was he? Because... 
you know, he apparently wasn't too keen on on how the, the, the series was going and didn't want to return. And obviously he was replaced by John Coyle. But you'd obviously grown up watching him as well. So what comparisons do you have with the man you watched on telly in the 90s to the, to the man you were then with then for, for the Sky series? I think I had a slightly different insight into John Anderson because he was a heptathlon coach at Loughborough and I'd known him for years and I was very good friends with some of the athletes in his group and had grown up with him at track and field events and he also had a real soft spot for athletes um, which I still was so I had a really nice relationship with him and he was only ever like helpful and kind I don't know what yeah. you felt no, I, I found him the same way he was he was helpful and kind uh, and I think you know from previous gladiators you know Diane and you know James all those guys they, they've set a president and I think John wanted to meet those criteria meet those those barriers or bars that had been set by previous gladiators but I, I think the people above had a completely different view you know John was still very old-fashioned in his way of thinking and and what he wanted uh, and the people above were looking at the bigger audience you know trying to pull old gladiator fans in with a blend of the new gladiator fans but John just had a completely different different outlook and you know and he had his ways of, of how people should train and who should do what and you know things like that and it just wasn't met and there wasn't uh, it didn't sound like there was a compromise I think John's very black and white too mm. and he likes it to be the way he likes it to be but with such a huge show and with so many new producers and characters and a different vision for it I think it was quite hard um, to meet him where he wanted to be yeah what, what, you mentioned the costumes as well Wayne what did you prefer would you did you like the diamond studded versions or the versions you had for Sky or do you think you'd have liked the original Lycra versions ooh <laughs> ah, that's a nice one no I preferred mine sorry Diane <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say God help the audience if Wayne was in one of your flimsy original Lycras <laughs> I'm not sure that would have been the right <laughs> <laughs> been a very different kind of show. <laughs> no, I, I I preferred. I there was a lot in the, certainly in the second season of the Sky One Gladiators. There was a lot of thought that went into the costumes and the separation between the good characters and the the bad characters. You know, you had your black outfit characters and your your more silver. white, silver, diamond studded. You know, and you uh, contenders develop your Dean character. Yeah. More theatrically. So certainly with, with Doom's character, um, after the first one, I went away and thought about how to be different to everyone else, you know, because you had Demar, who was the destroyer, who was, you know, shaven-headed black guy, very clean-shaved. Then you had Dwayne, who was also a bald-headed guy, clean-shaved. Tornado was the same. We went away and I had a, a long thought about it. How could I be different? So that's why I came up with the, when we, Jenny and I, we, you know, said, what about, you know, growing a, a goatee and maybe, you know, grow a beard, Ming the Merciless Beard. And... Yeah, we really thought it and thought, yeah, that'll be, that'll be really good. And when I did, I had to do the trials again for season two. And while I was there and, and Warrior was also there as well, because we, we had to go for the whole trial, the whole scenario again. And, um, this time I just went, you know what? I'm whoever is in front of me, I'm just going to destroy. And, and that's how the name Doom came about because Steve Jones, who was part of the management board, he was there watching. Richard Wolf couldn't make it down on the day. And 
So the first guy I came up against was uh, an American wrestler. And I completely, as soon as the whistle went, we, it was a wrestling doing the earthquake. And as soon as the whistle went, I faked a move and I snapped him down on the floor and pinned him on the floor. It happened within seconds. And um, the guy jumped up and like, I mean, he was effing and blinding and went off on one. And he's like, do it again, do it again. And they went, no, you've missed your move. He's like, I'm not, I wasn't ready. And he made all these, and they went, okay, fine. So I went to do my move again, knowing that he was going to counter it. And I did the opposite move, snapped him on the floor again, pinned him. And he went off in a half and uh, Steve Jones just went, bloody hell, he was doomed before he even started. And then the next contestant I came up against, um, we had to do the pugil stick and it was just literally whistle goes and it was just last man standing. So I lit, so again, it went off and I just head down and I kept going and get going. And then someone put their hand on my shoulder to say the whistle had gone. And um, I literally stopped, took a breath, looked up and the guy was cowering. And then Steve Jones just went, another one doomed. And then they all kind of went, found the name. And then it was like, brilliant. And then that's how the name came, that's how the name came about. Talking about some of these events, one uh, sort of another criticism that you get perhaps from people comparing the original to the revival is that you, you very much play the same games so, show after show. I guess fans also perhaps wanted a bit of variety. And I think from speaking to some of the original gladiators, sometimes they got put on the events they were weaker on at the start in the heat and then got moved to sort of the, the ones they were better at um, later on. Did you did you feel restricted at all? And, and were there any games you wanted to play more of? So we talked about the spectrum of characters from one to eight. There was also a spectrum of gladiators to events. So for instance, like Battle Axe, and Panther were put on Jewel all the time. And then we sat in the middle. So we were, we could be put on any event. And then the lighter ones like Cyclone would be put more on Hang Tough and the more gymnastic events. So it naturally sort of happened that way. There was two or three of us in the middle that would move around to different events. And then two or three on the edges that would either be more like strength or more gymnastic. And on top of that, they had some legal requirements where we were not meant to go against contenders who we had had previous contact with in life. So I remember Battleax had competed against one of the other contenders and she could never be put in events with her because there might be a bias in the way that they competed. So I remember she was quite annoyed towards, I think, the end of the second season because she, she wasn't being put into any events because this girl had got through to the semifinals and the finals. So it was there was a mixture of reasoning, I think, behind the different events we got put on to Enigma shows she can be just as brutal this one of the roughest pyramids ever both girls getting punished the gladiators are dominating here it was a very hard one wasn't it it was I got kneed a couple of times in the stomach and I just wanted to give a good fight this is the final this is what it's all about and it's giving your total all to the gladiators and trying to make them work hard for it well, I thought you put up a great fight at Pyramid. I've got to say, ladies, you looked pretty awesome on the Enigma first. I've got to say, that is the best Pyramid I've ever played. Undefeated, two series, good game. One thing I absolutely loved about your show was the sort of gathering of the elements. It made it visually very exciting for me, but also you had the added the element of water for some of the bigger falls on some of the big events, which for us in the original series were usually the bone of contention for our serious injuries. Do you think it really, really helped that you were falling into water or was it like really necessary to, to, be, to be able to swim 
very well. <laughs> it did not help the hair and makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and the drying out of the costumes mm. and the heaviness of the trainers. Do you think it was... No, I, I really I really enjoyed it because it added something different and I, I could see what they wanted to do in bringing old and new together. So in some, in some ways it worked and in other ways, like saying the costume and the hair, that then didn't work because especially if you had if they made a mistake and put you on another event straight after it's like get in get done get out um you know so it could make create a little bit of complications in terms of you know moving around the events and things but so. i think they wanted to create a different feel from the original series so there were there were links but then it also stood alone and we had like the fire behind us in our press shots and in some of the events then the water and it was much darker edgier which worked in some ways but not in others because i suppose you couldn't see us as much and it didn't look like you were in the middle of a great like athletic stadium you felt a bit more like you're in a nightclub when we did the legend show and we did the eliminator course in sections i thought it looked incredible then when we were diving into the water and hang tough in the water create that big impact and splash but then it was also kind of lost because you didn't have the cleanness mm. or the the fact it looked like a gymnastic arena with the mats underneath you yeah i think they want, they want more of that moody kind of feel to it and draw people in that you know these guys are like real badasses uh so there was that type of feel to it but like you say when you're looking back the aspects where you think it's a bit nightclub-esque what you mentioned Jenny about the comparisons to the original series do you feel like the show went far enough to become different because I remember there being a contender from, from the original series who competed again and there was a contender's daughter who competed and it was referenced quite a lot in the audio whereas for the other revivals in America and Australia they just totally ignored the uh, original series Did it, the other shows in America bring back any of the originals like Wolf? No. Okay so they approached it very differently then. Because there was there, there were still links wasn't there throughout even though we're talking about these differences there were do, do you think it was needed? I I think the original series was such a huge part of the culture in the decade it was shown and they were trying to bring some of that forward and recreate it and I think that's probably why they reference you know back bringing back Wolf and Jet and Hunter and doing the legend shows and then linking back with the contenders I don't know if it always worked though because like we were saying they created like a nightclub feel with fire and water and then brought back some of the like John Anderson well, I, I, I felt like if there was another, you know, season three, four or five, then there would have been a slow transition to being completely different. I think what it had, to, what they had to do is to bring back the old Gladiator fan with some references. And then season two, there started to be a change. And season three, I think there would have been another change with that as well to to slowly make it its own thing, but having that link between the original gladiators to the to the next generation of gladiators. And if it was to ever come back, I think it might be the same thing again. You know, a slow transition to make it its own show altogether. Oh, that's one of my questions, Wayne. Should gladiators return? That's a tough one. I want to say yes. Because, I mean, it has a huge, it, there's, there's a huge, huge following with gladiators. Yes. But it has to be something different and something unique to make it 
completely different to what it was and and something new to allow the fans. I, I see something along the lines of maybe Ninja Warrior-esque type thing with the old Gladiator theme thrown in there. But... I don't know that that old family sit down watch that is now that's now gone you know because growing up and watching the original gladiators you know it's we sit down the weekend and you just you you know you're ready for it and you know dinner on the lap and you're watching and you're going to see who fails and you know and for me you know it, it was like i was ready to watch saracen and um and shadow because you know it's like what's shadow gonna do that's now gone those family days are now gone no one wants to sit down anymore no one really has the time to be able to do that so i think I think if it was to come back it would be a tough ask we were talking off camera well before coming on to the podcast earlier and I think you talked about Ninja Warrior there was the element of people relating to their favourite gladiators and as gladiator to other gladiators we talked candidly about maybe something like a top trumps where you select gladiators with Wonder Woman like special powers or special stats and that the audience can choose who can contend and of course the events would be modified for health and safety blah 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 but there'd be something maybe a re-rendition in that because everyone loves the, the Marvel heroes right now but you know some sort of concept to be evolved just putting it out there everybody <laughs> why not like a top drums <laughs> so with that it, within that within the acting world there's something that that came up in like how can we get audience participation so it's to make a film with three or four different endings and then it's down to you as the audience to direct the characters to where they go and what the ending was going to be whether it's they meet find love at the end or they find death at the end or or do they drive off in the whatever it is whatever that ending but it's something that's being worked on at the moment and how they can do it and that's a great idea with gladiators so you you pick your characters who you want and then you know you you direct them towards because if it's a good contender contender then you kind of go right okay we're going to put these guys against them or her and then boom yeah that's a really cool idea and I agree there's two questions I had for you before before we finish so there were rumours behind the scenes that the series 3 was going to be they were going to try and film it at the National indoor arena in Birmingham did you hear anything on that and my second question is really just why did it end so early when we first went into Gladiators we were told there'd definitely be three series and the third one we heard rumours that it might be bigger and better and go to the NIA and then there was a huge shift in the management in Sky and they brought in a new director of programming and then suddenly so many of the shows changed and I think even like the producers directors the costume guys were surprised because they were all set to make three series of our gladiators mm. and then it was just axed yeah so um, what happened was at that time so uh, Steve Jones left and he moved to Australia Richard Wolf, he also left he moved to Channel 5 I think it was and then someone else left and then they brought in Program. a new director program from BBC3 which resulted with comedy when he came in um, he looked at the cost of the show so the story goes looked at the cost of the show deemed it was too expensive and was looking at ways of how to reduce the cost of the show but you gotta remember at the time you had there was I think reality Towie series started coming started. In, they found it was gonna be cheaper so and it, drew like bigger audiences so yeah. there was this big shift away from the shows and it, that cost so many thousands to make and we just went into the recent session as well so I think there was a 
big shift within entertainment and television into more cheaper reality shows. Yeah. So it wasn't just gladiators. So if you look at all the game shows at that period, they all got axed and then reality shows came in. So that was, so I blame Richard Wolf and Steve Jones for leaving. <laughs> <laughs> One thing as well is Gladiators was so big on merchandise and neither of you got to have an action figure, did you? Although I think have some fans, you were very, you're very, always been very keen on fan interaction as well. So I, I know that the fans feel like they, they were able to get a lot out of you. I know you did fan workouts and uh, fitness challenges as well with uh, Gladiators TV, but do you wish that you did get an action figure? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had that. Well, some of the fans made you a hybrid it was a hybrid predator and like painted Wayne's costume on <laughs> and then put change the packaging so Wayne does have his own doom it's a, doll it's a one-off it's a one-off yeah. hybrid so I'm, I'm, I'll auction it in another 25 years I'll auction it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I wish I had a, a figure the only one they made was Inferno I remember her having very large bosoms on her uh, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, merchandise um, but yeah it's a shame they didn't make all of us mm. it would have been very cool to have a series of us what about the reused names for the revival like Panther and Siren and, and Warrior because Panther came back to compete against Panther do, do you think they should have perhaps gone a bit different and tried to do all different names I think they should have done different names yeah. and maybe been a little more PC with some of their names I think the fact sometimes they put names with ethnicities is just outdated and there should have been a plethora of interesting new incredible names that they could have used do you know that justin lee collins came up with enigma here you go here's a little fan insight so justin lee collins the comedian was at a sky one event and he was chatting to richard wolf who was the head of programming and he was like can i call one of the gladiators can i name one of the gladiators and richard's like yeah text me if you think of one so apparently it came to him in a dream to call a gladiator enigma and then i ended up being christened enigma and we met him at a press event and i was like hi justin you're the guy who gave me my name and then he wrote his number and autograph on one of his cards and gave it to me and i was like this is my partner doom <laughs> so i've got one question if if gladiators was to come back for another brand new series would we see enigma and doom back in the arena i think we should i think we should I think you've got to bring, yeah. yeah, it would be amazing. I think we're still in awesome shape. It would be um, interesting to be a legend coming back, mm. which I'm sure all the other guys felt. But yeah, it's incredible. We're like some of the few humans in the world that have been christened gladiators. I think when you become a gladiator, you always are one. And it's a very special experience to have had in your life. And if they asked me back, I would definitely, I would say, yeah. definitely put my rhinestone encrusted lycra back on and dust off my ponytail i think i think it might be it might be you dan that said it right at the start in that you know that period when gladiators first came in you gotta remember there weren't that many channels you know around you only have five channels five channels so you know so everything that yourselves did back then was it was a huge impact and because it made it made certainly for me it made me want to be fitter stronger i want to be in good shape you know i want to be that all-round like supreme athlete which is what gladiator presented to the world you know so every child 
wanted to be the jet, the lightning, the hunter. You know, every child wanted. And as they got older, you know, they they find that, yeah, I'm going to stay in shape because I want to be like, you know, and I still have people now that's like, you know, jet was the one that made me the way that I am today or wolf was the person that made me the way that I am. So there was a huge impact with gladiators, the original gladiators. And it would be nice that I think the next generation of gladiators, you know, our generation of gladiators had that. It would be nice if we had that impact that you guys had on the nation. It's also Doom's debut on Earthquake and he'll want to prove himself to his lord and master, the wolf. We're talking about the, the Legends and, and the Legends episodes. I mean, there were three special episodes and generally, actually, they were the highest rated in terms of sort of the viewing figures. Were there any original gladiators that you two would have loved to have come back and competed against? I mean, it, it did seem like the producers wanted the Legends to be beaten by the, the Sky Glads or to not look as good as, as them. Was there any goss, any, any rivalries? No, I think there was with Oblivion and Wolf. There was because Oblivion created his character and he wanted to be the modern version of Wolf. But it, it worked to a degree, but you got to bear in mind, Wolf is one of a kind and he created the character which was one of a kind. So it would be very difficult for anyone to emulate that. I think with the girls, we were just like, or with the female gladiators, we were just like giddy girls. I remember Caroline being like, oh, I'm going up the wall with lightning. <laughs> it was <laughs> hard to have a rivalry because we were in this incredible show. We were gladiators, then we were going against our childhood heroes. So it was this strange mix of excitement and oh my goodness, this is the most amazing thing ever. And uh, oh yeah, I need to really try and win this. Yeah. Um, all at the same time. Well, I think I think that was nice from the from the, the the female gladiators, but I think for the male gladiators, it's the egos because it's like it's wolf. Okay, we need to like destroy him. It, you know, it's Trojan. Like, don't give him any mercy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we had so. the funny experience that actually Wayne is older than Hunter. So Hunter was a legend, but then there's Wayne, <laughs> who's actually older than him, but in the new series. Speechless. That just goes to show what you you both are made of in, in particular yourself Wayne that is incredible and yeah the rivalry between the two the two generations of gladiators I think I had to take a step back I'm not quite sure where, where I was at that time in my life but I remember it going on and feeling a real kind of like yanking on my silver umbilicus towards the world gladiator of oh I wish I wish I was still fit and strong enough at this time in my life to be maybe chasing you Jenny up the wall <laughs> I would have been so awesome I was so gutted you didn't come back for the legends it would have been amazing like everybody wanted to see you you were like the true star of the show and yeah it's such a shame you didn't come back I would have loved to chase you I've got a line here from a uh, producer Paul which is enigma mysterious and beautiful contradictory and unpredictable Wayne is that a good assessment I'll put that down yeah <laughs> Is that, that is how good. you would describe me? Yes, really? absolutely, yeah. But for Wayne, yours, mere mortals beware. There's a dark cloud that looms. Judgment day is afoot and doom is your worst nightmare. Jenny, is Wayne your worst nightmare sometimes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not now we've got a dishwasher. Because the cloud of doom is less over my head now that I don't have to wash up. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, Wayne's not. He's a beam of sunshine. I think the, the unless he's hungry, then he is the, the ultimate cloud of thunderstorms and doom. One question I always ask, which we I have, I can't believe we haven't got to it. Favorite events. I had a few, but definitely Powerball was my favorite. And then I would say Pyramid, the pursuit, the little obstacle course that I had and you finished with the, in the water. That was my second favorite. But in the first show that I did, I slipped on the beam and took a chunk of skin out of my leg, which then affected my performance there because I couldn't really say that I had an injury because once you say you have an injury, then you you, you pulled out and I didn't want to be pulled out and I wanted to become to be competing. So that affected me in a way with some of the, the courses. But definitely Powerball Pyramid, Earthquake, and the <laughs> just all of them, <laughs> but all of them. them. Pavel, oh. definitely the favorite one. And my favorite was Pyramid. I, I distinctly remember a few shows in being at the top of the pyramid and having this realization of the position oh, I was in, and having this absolute immense feeling of power, and deciding that I was Enigma. This is what it meant. There was no way anyone was getting to the top of this pyramid. And having that marrying of it being a show, but also you being a performer and a competitor, and it all suddenly came together at the top of that pyramid. And from then on, I felt like I owned myself in the events much more. And there's something really, really fun about tumbling someone down the stairs. And then there was a special technique of kind of pushing them as you got up and it winded them a little bit and stopped them getting up so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Someone taught her that. (laughs) Okay, now it's the boys' turn to be pummeled and pounded on Pyramid. They'll be facing the mind-blowing might of Predator and Doom. Do you know what? I would love the chance to speak to you both again. Would that be okay on, on GladPod in the future? Of course. Of course. It's been a lovely way to spend our morning chatting to you guys. And from all of the team here, I'm sure everybody listening, Jenny and Wayne, and known to the rest of the world as Enigma and Doom, thank you. Wow, there we go. Doom and Enigma on the uh, Glad Pod. So not one Revival Gladiator, but two. So we've we waited Series 1. We didn't have any Revivals then, and we've got two on. I loved it. I loved how it brought a different dynamic, having two guests on who were obviously next to each other, were able to sort of vibe off each other and jog each other's memories. I mean, they are just still so competitive. And the one thing I took away from that is they're still uber fit. They really are the pair of them. But even with yoga, Doom is still, Wayne is still very competitive. It was a great chat, wasn't it, Paul? Oh, massively. And I know that it's always little bit controversial talking about the the revived Gladiator series on Sky but it's something that is part of the Gladiator's history and we we have to cover so to have two for the price of one I think was amazing um, and obviously their personalities just shone through and like you said I think if Gladiators came back today they could both definitely still be Gladiators and and join the team again I think It was interesting their, their route to becoming a Gladiator in that I mean it sounds like Jenny was quite forceful with the fact that A, she wanted to be a gladiator and B, she wanted Wayne to be with her and just how supportive they were back then and and how they are now. And actually, I think Jenny was kind of fangirling over Dye a little bit, don't you? Because she said about how, you know, meeting Jet and Hunter for the first time, but she wanting to she wanted to grow up to be Jet and she wanted to uh, marry uh, Hunter. But I guess, Dye, when you met all these new revival gladiators for the first time, I mean, they were all kind of looking up to you, but you must have been looking at them thinking, these are some 
some amazing athletes. Absolutely. I think that evolution of gladiators had made it so we we really were selecting for, I mean, it was Sky, wasn't it? And they, they knew they had to. I think they'd taken a lot of notes from myself, I think Hunter and Wolf, of course. They, we, they brought us in as a forum and we said, please try not to over overly choreograph your new gladiators which they did but it worked because like Enigma and Doom they took it tongue in cheek but the ultimate thing was they have to be super super fit good all round athletes not just look the part because it's 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 quite a serious place out there in the arena and they both embodied it brilliantly and as I've I've always been a bit against the kind of contrivedness contrivedness of it all but Jenny as Enigma she just loved being a good female baddie and apart from our lovely Vogue, of course, Susie, we didn't really get to do that in the original series. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was surprised by that, Paul, actually, that she quite enjoyed being booed and how with the revival, it was very much more character driven, kind of a bit more acting training for like the series two. So very different to the original show. And also about them lining up one to eight, good to bad. I mean, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, no, that was really amazing to hear that because we'd always heard that that's what had happened with the gladiators, that they'd been lined up, even so far as kind of the costumes, like the black costumes were supposed to kind of show that the gladiator was bad and then the kind of the silver grey costumes were more of the goody gladiators but what I thought was really interesting was hearing Doom speak about how when he was stealth on series one and he was a reserve gladiator how he was actually so glad that he never kind of made his debut as stealth and that he could kind of really focus on his character creating Doom kind of with the Ming the Merciless beard and that he really wanted his character to stand out amongst all of the other gladiators which like I say is something that we didn't really have on the original show it was kind of more natural so to hear that they actually thought that that was a good side of it and that they put so much effort and that the producers obviously kind of for series two brought in kind of more character driven kind of acting training for them as well it seems like that's definitely a direction that they wanted to kind of differentiate between the original series and the the, the, the revival one and one thing that gets brought up as a, as a very obvious comparison between the original and the revival is the water element and actually because we've always spoken so much about it die about you know the mats and it, perhaps the water it being safer but the one thing that Jenny mentioned which being a man I hadn't really even thought about was the fact it didn't really help with hair and makeup whereas I guess to an extent the mats would have been dyed wouldn't they yeah I mean the mats still get, did get smothered when you face plant after a pyramid or whatever red lipstick marks all the way down them and stuff but it's not the point I mean yes for the girls in the revival getting dumped into a pool at the end of the event was probably going to then amount to another two hours in makeup to get refreshed and ready for the next event to record. I'm pretty glad we had mats, even though the injury rates because of the mats was just extraordinary. Probably wouldn't have been able to enjoy the events quite as much if if I'd been over water. So hats off to them. I mean, it's it's a case of, oh, well, original show, you might just break your neck. But in the second show, the the remake, um, you might just drown. (laughs) 
thought, either or, you know, what you could have had. <laughs> With the water element as well, it was really interesting to hear, obviously, not only were the hair and makeup and the costume soaking wet, but I actually heard rumours that Inferno, who had the, like, the, the dyed really red hair, she was kind of restricted from doing some of the events due to falling in the water and obviously having the, the dyed hair with the chlorine and stuff like that so I think Inferno if you're listening we need to kind of get you on and and talk about that and see if that was true or not but um, even with the original series if we did have the water I don't think we would have had the amazing costumes as well because obviously they were dry clean only so I think there would have been a lot of ruined costumes going on if we did have the water in the original and I'm just picturing Stephen Adnett running around the arena going no my costumes <laughs> the other thing though because obviously you were involved in both that you could perhaps relate to this a bit more like the kind of the way that they described the arena was almost like being a bit more of a nightclub do you think that was a fair assessment do you know I've, I've just yeah I've come across that now that I hadn't thought that internally if you were working in that arena it would have felt like that because uh, I was always backstage with Hunter with James uh, recording some up to date last minute sort of background interviews with the guys we weren't pretty much on set most of the time can't speak for the other glads and what they the original glads who did go into the arena and compete it was tiny it was a shooting lot as opposed to the NIA which of course is a huge 9,000 live is it capacity it um, yeah it would have had a nightclub type feel I guess it just felt yeah it, it lost a lot of its energy but actually there's something quite intimate and quite fun about it and it, I, I love the way they shot it because they still managed to make it look quite big even though dimensionally it's quite a small and intimate place I, I think yeah nightclub analogy is quite right another thing that I thought was interesting about the Sky one was obviously what a lot of the, the Gladiators community kind of always talks about is the reused names so obviously we had Panther Warrior Siren that were kind of part of the original and the relaunched which was a little bit strange when you had kind of panther versus panther siren versus siren in in the kind of the legend shows but die what do you what do you think because we obviously they didn't recreate a jet over here which i think they probably couldn't do anyway but in the american gladiators relaunch they did have a jet and a wolf and they were very much kind of based on on your characters as well what do you think about knowing that there was another girl in the american show who was called jet i think over the years something my lovely late father would always say to me is that impersonation is the biggest form of flattery so i'm i'm actually really quite moved by it thinking oh wow why would you ever want to recreate another jet but i suppose and i'm, I'm still keeping contact with with um, a couple of the american gladiators and and they're very fond of the fact that they did that because it seemed like a real tip of the a nod of the head type of thing to their younger show, the British show, which was the second one ever to, to go out across the globe. And they really wanted to kind of embrace a part of what we'd added to their show, as they see it, to kind of keep the spirit of some of the what they see as successful elements or images of certain gladiators so I'm really 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 flattered and I know some elitists out there will be like but there's only one jet uh, I am that woman and I'm just I'm not that possessive about anything in my life so I'm like yeah bring it on how fantastic and what a yeah privilege I'm flattered also it was really nice hearing kind of Enigma and Doom talk about obviously going up against the legends which I think was probably the highlight of the whole relaunch of 
was seeing the legends come back to compete against the new gladiators and obviously those were the the highest rated episodes as well from the sky version but just hearing kind of enigma talk about obviously going up the wall against some of the gladiators ice she mentioned kind of going up the wall against lightning and and ice did a really lovely speech at the end of it just saying how she couldn't believe that she was not only a gladiator but then she was facing her kind of icon from back then and obviously diet would have been amazing to have you back in the arena and I know that they definitely did try to get you to pull the lycra back on again as part of the legends team and it was really interesting to see how they did it as well because at first when we heard the rumblings that the legend shows were going to go ahead we thought that the gladiators would be kind of doing a full show where it was very much kind of like a team event where the gladiators didn't have to do every single event they could select which which legends kind of were doing individual events if the producers had managed to kind of convince you to pull on the lycra and stuff was there any of the games that you perhaps would have wanted to have given a go um from the revival show of course the wall and hang tough my two favorite yeah that would have been fine it wasn't the right time in my life to to pull my lycra back on (laughs) i'd probably had to sort of sort of you know um use a lot of oil or whatever to get it back on my body at the time i just wasn't i wasn't up for it physically I think I was carrying another injury. I've had problems with my back on and off over the over a few years. I remember thinking, could I? It was part of me really wanted to, but then I was more comfortable by that point, just holding onto a mic. And I'm very nosy, so I like asking lots of questions. So the little presenter role backstage kind of fit me a little bit better at the time. But yeah, hang tough on the wall. It just goes without saying, really. But it would have felt so different from the original. Neurologically, my body would have been going, this is same but different. You know, like when you're in a strange dream. I know this place, but it's different. (laughs) So no, I was happy to be just walking around wielding a mic and questioning everybody else about their experiences. Di, thank you, Paul. Thanks again. Hopefully you all enjoyed the first of many, hopefully, Revival episodes. Let us know who you would like to hear from from that Revival series. Let us know who you want to hear from full stop. And we'll, well, producer Paul will try and make it happen. Not not so much for me and Di. If you've got any questions or got any memories you want to share with us of watching Gladiators, send us an email, gladpod at gladiatorstv.com. Don't forget, as always, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and like our page on Facebook. Good competition, good spirit, great sportsmanship as both contenders show mutual respect. Join us again next week for the ultimate challenge, the might of 